Welcome to the Catholic Life Everyday, the podcast, where we will discuss tools and ideas that help parish leaders encourage parishioners in living their Catholic faith daily. Every month, we will cover a variety of short topics across a broad range of products and services offered here at Mayocism. In each episode, we will cover topics related to community, communication, and connection guided by this year's liturgical calendar. Discover, transform, journey, and prepare. The topics are designed to help you best serve the people entrusted to you at your parish. Hello, Sister Miriam. Good Hi. afternoon. Oh, good afternoon to you too. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you so much. We're so happy you're here. Thank you. Afternoon. Yeah, me too. Thank you very Welcome. much. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. I got to let you know, I am the coolest husband today because my wife is an avid listener to your podcast. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, so she said, oh my gosh, tell her I say hello. She's she's everything to me. I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, but no, I that's guess. so sweet. <laughs> well, tell her I said hello. I'm so glad the podcast blesses her. That's all we want to do is just bless people. So it know. very much does. And I know many more, a lot of my friends have been texting me, you got Sister Miriam on? I'm like, yeah, we're really excited. So. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I'm delighted to be with y'all. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Sister Miriam, thank you again for those of you that are joining us uh, live on Facebook and uh, via the Zoom meeting today. We just want to welcome all of you to the Catholic Life Everyday Podcast. My name is John Cardenas. And, and I am Tommy Schultz. Wonderful. Sister Miriam, I got to say, this is our second episode from our podcast, as you may already know, but it's also my first co-hosting experience with Tommy. So you've got to deal with me. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> So I'm truly excited about this opportunity to co-host with, with Tommy. Uh, I've known Tommy for a little bit over five years now. I've been with the company 15 years. Tommy, would you mind introducing a little bit about yourself to our viewers today? Yeah, just briefly. I am a Franciscan grad. I got my theology degree there in 2015. I worked in the diocese as director of youth and young adult ministry out in Baker, Oregon for about a year and then was discerning the priesthood actually for a brief stint and discerned out and met my wife, Natalie, two weeks later. And now we're expecting our first little baby boy, Gabriel Michael, in just a couple <laughs> months. So everyone keep that in your prayers for sure. Absolutely, Tommy. We will absolutely keep your family in our prayers. I reminded Tommy earlier as we were preparing for today's session with you, sister, that you know we're always asking ourselves questions about how do we prepare for Lent? And or at least I know, I know in my family, I'll speak for myself. I have teenagers right now in my household. And the question at the table is, okay, guys, we're getting closer to Lent. How do we prepare? What are you doing to prepare? What are you giving up? You know, what are some of the things that you're doing, not only physically, mentally, spiritually, to, to stay connected to Christ through this season? So as part of the discovery today, excited to have you here in discover this incredible book, Restore, that you are sharing not only with our viewers today, but with so many out there that may be in need of that resource. And tell me, I don't know if you'd like to give a quick introduction of Sister Miriam to our viewers. I'm sure that many of them already know who she is, but I think it's always great to give a quick introduction. Yeah, absolutely. It is my pleasure to introduce Sister Miriam James Heidland. She is a popular Catholic speaker, co-host of the Abiding Together podcast which is probably where a lot of people know her from, and the author of the best-selling book, Loved As I Am. She's a former Division I athlete who had a radical conversion and joined the Society of Our Lady 
of the Most Holy Trinity in 1998. Edlund has shared her story on EWTN's The Journey Home, numerous Sikh and Steubenville conferences, and at the USCCB's Convocation of Catholic Leaders. In addition to speaking, Heidland has served in parish ministry and as the director of novices for her SALT community. She also has served as an assistant to both her provincial and general superiors. Heidland earned a master's degree in theology from the Augustine Institute and speaks extensively on the topics of conversion, authentic love, forgiveness, and healing. And of course, she is the author of the brand new book, Restore, which we will be discussing today to help all of you at your parishes and especially your parishioners prepare for Lent and for Easter. The way I like to kind of say it is how do we go from meat to fish? How do we prepare for, <laughs> for this Lenten season? So really this podcast is for all of you in your parishes listening. How do you prepare not only yourselves, your hearts, but also uh, your parishioners' hearts as well for this beautiful season of Lent? So welcome, Sister Miriam. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks, y'all. Thank you for having me on your podcast today and just with all of your viewers and all of your listeners. And I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to to see what God's going to do during our time together. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much. Let's start with some prayer, if it's okay with you, sister. Uh, sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and start there. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this great opportunity to uh, meet uh, Sister Miriam and the opportunity to co-host today this episode uh, of our podcast with Tommy. Thank you for the presence of everyone in today's podcast. For once again, we are gathered uh, to share our knowledge, time with one another via the setting. God of infinite love, we want to thank you for this reminder of your love and your call that we be more patient, gentle, and compassionate with others as we get ready to this uh, in preparation for this Lent season ahead of us. Father, we you desire that your saving message be shared far and wide. And all we ask, Father, is that you give us the, the wisdom, the strength, the peace in our hearts to be able to share that good message. And we turn to you and beg for your guidance this afternoon. Please soften our hearts, help us learn, connect, and help inspire others to live a Catholic life every day. Be with us this afternoon. Send your Holy Spirit to guide us. As always, Father, we want to thank you for being our source of creativity, our source of innovation, and our inspiration to communicate with others. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, just to start us off here, I thought it'd be fun, uh, sister, to ask you, what is the best thing you've ever given up for Lent. And that could really be answered two ways. The best thing being like, I felt the best about this one. And then maybe the best thing is what was the most helpful in your journey of faith? Oh, you know what? One time the Lord invited me. So I always believe in asking Jesus where he wants to lead us. So I don't ever take anything on myself. So I'll turn to the Lord and I'll ask Lord, what are you, what are you inviting me this year to, to surrender to you? in the areas of prayer, fasting and almsgiving. And one of the, one of the lens, he invited me to give up complaining for Lent. <laughs> so I had to face kind of what the deeper issues underneath of what is complaining is, you know, what was I complaining about? What was I feeling powerless about in my life? And what were the things that needed to be brought to the light? And so I can't tell you how many times I wanted to complain. I was like, oh no, the Lord invited me to go deeper in that. So there's so many ways that he invites us to communion and relationship. And so I think that's one of the beautiful things about let, it's not just about quote unquote, giving stuff up. It's really ultimately about deeper intimacy with Christ. And that's what he's always about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I remember one Lent at Franciscan, I got super, I don't know what the word for it is, zealous or something. 
And I was like, I'm going to go this whole Lent without sleeping on a mattress. And so I okay. took my mattress off my bed yeah, and I slept on just the wood for the whole Lent. Mm. And it's, it's exactly what you just said though. It's like, it's more, more than just giving something up. It's about the mm. deeper meaning. Yep. And that Lent was horrible for me because it was only about giving the thing up and I became a horrible Christian. And because I'm yeah. constantly complaining about it and I'm telling everyone yes. I'm sleeping without a mattress, yes. you know? Yeah. And this, I think, is probably where a lot of our listeners today are coming from, where they're like, okay, we're getting to Lent. We're thinking about what we're giving up, what we're going to have to do for Lent. And it becomes kind of this drag or this sacrifice, but there's no real deeper meaning kind of attached to it. Oftentimes, it's just kind of the Catholic thing that we do. So could you speak to that a little bit? And I think your book does this excellently. I was reading through your book all this past couple of weeks. And I think what I really love about it is that it takes these laws or prescriptions or things that we do as Catholics. And it gives a, a much deeper meaning to them, but it also, it infuses them with God's love. Like it's, it's not just a thing out here floating in the clouds that we're doing, but it's like, we're doing this for the Lord and God is with us in it. So could you speak to that a little bit of, you already started to, but, but the point of giving something up, but a deeper meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. You know, I grew up Catholic myself and, you know, we, of course, we all as Catholics practice, you know, what we call as Lent, but I did not know until many, many years later that actually those disciplines that the church invites us to, which are Jewish traditions of prayer, fasting and almsgiving, we see them throughout the old Testament into the, into the new Testament. Those are actually the direct means of healing for our lives. So in the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, as they turn away from God, their, their relationships are ruptured. And that's the original sin is the rupture of relationship. And, and from that moment on, they're a rupture in their relationship with God within themselves and with others. And you and I all know that we all know the echoes of that. We all experience that in our lives. And so what the church does during the season of Lent, especially is invites us to these disciplines, which the word DISC means student. DISC is the root word meaning student. So we're students of life, students of Christ, and they invite us to direct means of healing. So prayer heals our relationship with God. Fasting heals our relationship with ourselves and it helps order our loves and almsgiving heals our relationships with others. And so you can see the component behind it of the Lord not coming to fix us, but the Lord coming to bring us into wholeness and communion. And that that is what he's always about. And that's that's really the deeper thing of everything. It's not just about praying more or giving up chocolate or whatever that is, which on the surface, those things are fine. But really the Lord is inviting us to something much deeper so that on Easter Sunday, we're not the same as we were on Ash Wednesday. I love that. This is very providential. I'm teaching a class right now in the Old Testament. And last night we talked about Deuteronomy mm -hmm. and the whole book of Deuteronomy. In fact, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy with Satan in the desert. Um, mm -hmm. The whole book of Deuteronomy is this idea of there's these people getting finally getting to the promised land, you know, but they're given all of these laws to do. And, the, and, and what do they do immediately? They complain, right? Oh, all these things <laughs> we have to do and complain about all this stuff. And it's as if Moses is saying, wake up. And he's kind of saying this to us as well. Wake up, Catholics. You're going to the promised land. This is where we're getting to. Mm -hmm. But yeah. in order to get there, we have to kind of start with this journey of faith and invite the Lord into that. Oh, mm -hmm. I love it. So what would you say is the main thing that you want people to? So to give you a little background on this, our podcast today, we're, we're reaching out mostly to parishes, parish staff. But it's also specifically for helping parishioners, helping parish staff get to their parishioners, reach them and help encourage them with the season of Lent. So what is kind of the main thing that you would like people to take away from the book as they're reading it, whether they're doing it in a parish group or if they're doing it on their own, 
what's kind of that main thing you'd like them to take away from this this Lenten journey? My my true main thing in my heart for every person who reads this book and who journeys with it is that they, they have an encounter with Christ. You know, it's not enough. You know, so often we talk about the new evangelization. We talk about going out to the people and and what that really necessitates and what that really assumes is that we know Jesus. How could you, it's not enough, my dear friends. And I'm not saying this because I'm a nun. I'm saying it because the Lord convicts me of it all the time. It's not enough for us to know about Christ. Like we have to know him. Mm-hmm. And so we are converted. We are converted by love. We're not shamed into a conversion or criticized into a conversion. We're loved into a conversion every day. And that's how Jesus is inviting us into his heart so that we know him. He delights to be known. He delights to know us. And so my heart for this book is, you know, what you're reading and what you're holding in your hands there when you hold your, that book is you're holding my heart. Like this is the journey of my life. This is a journey of so many years of healing, of so many years of accompanying other people, of so many years of, of recovery, of all kinds of stuff in my life of, oh, this is the one thing that matters. It's, it's Christ. And he's, he never ceases to draw close to every part of our heart and to invite us into communion. So that is truly my heart that you at the end of Lent, know Christ, know him, (laughs) know him more than you did at the very beginning. And the Lord will lead us on that journey. We don't have to make it happen. Like I said, it's not us taking ourselves out into the desert. He'll lead us. If he's just going to invite us, we don't have to go, but he's just going to invite us. And he would love if we said yes. Yeah. I love, I love one of the things that just stood out for me with this book, sister, is the, the journey that you take us through with the note-taking, you know, Mm -hmm. really sharing your experience as not only you're reading a passage, but really sitting with that in your hands and sitting with that experience of what, you know, where are you in your life today? You know, I mean, I did something, this, this book reminded me of a book that I did a few years ago. This was a activity that I did with my wife. It came from a very similar book that had not a similar book to restore, but a, a book that the, the approach that it had as far as having, having to journal along the way of, and this was really focused on the connection to your spouse and going back to the basics of love and identify why do you love that other person? So it was restore has brought back so many of those memories that, you know, has made my wife and I strong and not only in our faith, but in our relationship as a couple. So be able to, uh, you know, to experience this journey. I can't wait. I'm actually, I'm excited to, to be sharing this with all of our viewers today, because I can't wait for all of our parishes, all of our customers to hopefully take this away, share it with their, with their communities and hopefully take this into, you know, in, into action and, and hopefully uh, share it with the, with the greater, great good out there. But I love the, the idea of being able to start your day. I think that there was a segment, there's a section in the introduction that talks about when should I do this? Do I do this at the end of the day in the morning? And for me, I'm a morning person, you know what I mean? So I start my days typically with, you know, some scripture and some journaling of my own. This is going to become my next <laughs> priority during the Lent season, starting, uh, you know, with, with reflection about lit, our Lent season in preparation for it. I was going to, I was going to make the comment as I'm reading through the book, I, uh, there was part of me that was like, I need to stop. I need to just skim, which is weird. Cause when you interview someone, you want to read the whole book and know what they're saying. But for me, it was like, my wife and I need to go through this. So she's listening right now. Natalie, hear that? We're going through this book. Um, <laughs> She'll be delighted. And, uh, but that was kind of, as I'm going through it, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to ruin all this before it comes. I, I'll just slightly skim, you know, but it was, it's this idea, I think too, what's so beautiful is this idea of listening, especially in the old Testament, that word for listening that we hear is not an understanding of just putting it in the eardrums, 
but it's this idea of listening and taking action. And that's what I think is powerful about this book is you're not only reading, you're not only listening, you're not only engaging in a sense, but you're taking action, you're journaling. It's, it's actually, it's actively changing you as you're going through kind of the process which is what I love about it. John, would you like to speak just briefly about how parishes can get this through evangelists? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, so I'll share a quick screen for all of our viewers today. And for those of you that may be familiar with My Parish app and evangelists, we are making the resources available through evangelists. So we'll have the videos that, you're, that of course, Sister Miriam will be leading. And this will be for display and for use at evangelist in that my, for my parish, my parish app, for those of you that use the, my parish app, a new video on the, my parish app will be released each week during Lent. So again, if you, if you want that option, you know, please let us know if we need assistance, if you need assistance in adopting that feature within my parish app. And also for evangelists, we will be providing templates that are ready available to schedule and send the messages out to your community. So just a few examples of that, of what we're doing. We've designed a restore page for Sister Marian. Not only will have an introduction video of Sister Marian's journey with all of us through restore, but also a few ways on how you can join my parish app. If you're not a part of my parish app or evangelist, again, feel free to click on any of the links. This will be at diocesan.com forward slash restore. Those of you that use evangelists in our viewing our episode today, you can go directly to your templates section within evangelists and click on restore. Uh, once you're in there and restore, you'll be able to click on any of the resources. Of course, this will be made available every week. Here's a great example of that template. We will have the video, a quick bio of Sister Miriam, and of course, where you can order that book through Ave Maria Press. So again, quick and easy resources that are made available through evangelists for all of you to use. Great. So I'm going to ask the question now that I think is the, the big question around all of this. So you talk a lot about healing in this book. Really, the book is focused around healing, not only ourselves, but our relationship with others. And so the question I think comes up, at least it did for me, is what is the relationship between suffering and healing? Because often we think of, I think we think of Lent as like a time of suffering or a time of purification. So could you speak a little bit on the relationship between those two? How, do, how does suffering relate to healing? Mm -hmm. Well, the suffering relates to healing in, in the fact that Christ has taken on every suffering of ours and he has united it to himself. And many times we're afraid of suffering. That's one of the reasons why Lent can be difficult for us as penance or anything that we surrender to the Lord can be difficult because it, it causes a suffering, whether it's physically or emotionally, whatever, the Lord, or it's like something that, you know, it requires more of our attention, more of our presence. And there is a suffering there, but and we fear suffering. But what we don't understand that suffering in communion is actually healing. And I think when you think about, and if I've already just were to ask you, like, what are some of the deepest wounds in your life? Okay, so maybe as a little boy or even from the womb or just teenage years or maybe even in your marriage, like some deepest wounds. Many times what compounds those areas of woundedness is feeling like we're all alone and feeling like nobody understands us, that I can't tell this secret, I can't admit to this. And if I ever told anybody this, even my spouse, they might think I'm a freak or they might. And it's the exacerbation of isolation, which makes it, it twice as difficult, but when we allow the Lord to reveal the truth of who he is and where he is in these places, what we find in truth and not just theoretical and not just like a pious thing we tell ourselves, but that Christ is always, he's always been there. And no matter what we're suffering, whether it's big or small, Christ is with us in there. He's already taken it upon himself already. And in that power, he has a means to bring it to a means of communion. 
And that's what happens on the cross. Like Christ takes everything onto himself and he brings it to the father and we resurrect from that. That And that's the Christian life. Like that's the, that's the, the truth of our life where everything is brought into wholeness and integration. It's not like my spiritual life here, my church life here, my golf life over here, my work life. Remember, it's all, it's all one. And so the Lord is desiring to bring us into how he lives because he lives integrated and whole and he lives fully alive. And that's his desire for each one of us. So and we talk about Lent being a dangerous journey. It's, it's dangerous to the places where we all have our fig leaves and we all have our self-defense mechanisms and we all have the false identities we live out of. And Jesus doesn't have any of that. And he's inviting us into the truth of who we are in love, which is the, the eternal truth of our belovedness. And, and that's, that's life. Like that's the life he's calling us to. Yep. I once, I think this was in seminary that I heard this, but it was a priest who said, you know, if you're going to go into your heart, if you're going to make the journey into your heart, be sure not to go alone because it's a scary place. And that's kind of a theme I saw throughout this whole book is that this idea that as we journey into the desert, so to speak, of our hearts, we're not only not going alone, so we're going with God, but he's also leading that conversation. Could you speak a little more to that? Yes. So he's going to stir up the places. So you'll notice that throughout, like throughout the journal is, it's just really gentle invitations. And the Lord is so kind to us. The Lord is so kind. And so you'll just find that you'll notice that the Lord's going to gently invite you into certain places and, and you're going to experience things that are really going to be captivating and you're going to experience resistance. And it's important to notice all of those things, but the Lord is not asking you to take yourself out into the desert and figure it out and try to fix yourself. Like that is not the nature of what Jesus does. He's inviting us with him out into the desert to reveal the places where we are looking for something other than God to save us, including ourselves, where he would like to, to sit with us in these places and bring them into wholeness and communion. So yeah, he's not asking you to go ahead or try to figure it out. And many times that's where we get stuck in our life is like, there's some, there's something wrong with me and I have to figure out what it is versus like, Lord, my heart is aching here. Here's the manifestation of it. Come be with me here and reveal to me what I need to know. And that's a totally different way of approaching uh, that's how Jesus approaches us. You know, he's not, we're not a project to be fixed. He doesn't see us like that. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Part three of the book. I don't want to give too much of the book away. People <laughs> should go buy the book, but part three of the book I loved, you have this part three with alms give, almsgiving where you basically kind of, you break it into, it, it's really healing our relationship with others, but you break it into the kind of two sections. One is being a gift to others and the other is forgiveness of others yes. so that we can more fully give. Can you kind of speak to the relationship between those two? Like that we're, we're called to be a gift by God. Sometimes it's very difficult because we have this forgiveness we got to get through. So we almost kind of have to heal ourselves in a sense first in order to, to fully give, to fully love. Can you speak to that relationship between gift and forgiveness? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. And like that's why it's it's ordered in the way it is a prayer which heals the relationship with God, then the self, and then others. And almsgiving, ideally, almsgiving is a gift of self. It's not just me writing a check. And that's just beautiful. And not that there's anything wrong with writing a check, but it's like it's it true almsgiving is so much more than that. It's actually making a gift of myself, which is why we talk about presence. Like even being present to people is a gift of alms that is so incredibly difficult. I talked about admonishing the center of bearing wrongs with patience. But one of the deepest areas of where our hearts have been wounded, where we often withhold without even realizing it, is of areas of deep unforgiveness in our life. And that's why Jesus talks about. It's so important that he puts it at the heart of the Our Father. And I don't know about you, but I know for myself, like I, one of the reasons why I stayed just struggled and was addicted and so just chronically sick, like emotionally for so long is that I had a profound misunderstanding of what forgiveness was. And I thought, you know, we just say, just say you forgive, get over it. You know, the forgive and forget. 
And there's, there's really no such, no such thing. Actually, the catechism says it's not in our power to forget, but with the purification of the Holy Spirit, we can come into intercession for those who have hurt us. So that's so important that I put a whole week about what real forgiveness actually is and a forgiveness meditation, because it's these places where our hearts are locked up, where we're in so much pain, we're trying to protect ourselves. And what we do is we, we keep out the love of others, but we also push away the love of God. And then many times it's those places where we feel abandoned by God and the Lord is, is calling us, but our hearts, because of our brokenness and because of the ways we've tried to defend ourselves, it, it creates a formidable fortress of, of not his, him giving love, but us receiving it. And so it's not just a pious exercise. It's a profoundly life-changing reality that we live every single day. And that's why it's in that part of the book. And that's why it's an invitation to everybody who wants to make this journey. Beautiful. Well, I want to be conscientious of your time today. Unfortunately, we can't have, I feel like we could talk to you for hours and just get a bunch of knowledge about, about this book and your heart on it and why you wrote it and all this stuff. This has been great. But I do want to end with uh, kind of sharing with you my favorite part of the book by far, which was, I love food. I love cooking food. I love eating food. I love being with people around food. And there was this great part in the book where you talk about um, if we don't know how to fast, or if we don't know how to feast, then we don't know how to fast. Mm -hmm. Like if feasting isn't a thing in our life, then fasting is going to make no sense. So maybe let's end because that's a really happy note to end on the food part. But if we could <laughs> end on that, just uh, kind of explain that idea to us behind why it's so important to feast when we're supposed to in the liturgical calendar. And then it makes fasting so much more important and, and it kind of gives the depth behind it. Yeah. Yeah. The two actually go together. So when we fast on something, we also feast on something else, you know? So when we talk about fasting from whether it's social media, you're fasting from a certain food, then I'm going to, I want to feast. I want to take that energy. And I want to, when I experience the ache, the ache for God, I'm going to ask him to bring that into a gift of self, whether that's fasting. So it's fasting from that, whether that's feasting on being present to your relationships, whether that's feasting on the word of God. And so there's a beautiful reality that God has given us such beautiful things like food is a beautiful gift and beauty is a beautiful gift and love is a beautiful gift and music and art and all the wonderful things that we consider joyful in this life. Those are all beautiful. And the Lord delights that we receive those and receive them fully and receive them in right order. And when you and I can really feast, like we've all had just like a really, really good meal where we were satiated where we weren't like gluttonous. We weren't drinking to excess, but it was such a good meal. And you just put your fork down. And you're like, I think I'm in heaven. <laughs> like, and that's just really beautiful. Or you've been to a beautiful symphony. Or it's a beautiful time with your spouse where it's like the moments that we wish would never end. And they're, they're small portions. They're like small glimpses of heaven. And so many times what happens is, is when these things are triggered, where many times we have an interesting relationship with the pleasure and kind of all the things that that brings because of our past. But when we can sit in these places and like say, Lord, fill me with the beauty that you desire for me. He desires to give us the good things. Like Jesus says, the, the father desires to give you the kingdom. And so I think understanding those places in our hearts and, and so then we, we, we can have our love in proper order. Then our yes can mean yes. And our no can mean no, because we've all had those things spoiled as well. When things were out of order, whatever it is. And we know, like, we know the sorrow of that. So the Lord delights for us to have our loves in order so that we can say no to what we need to say no to why, so that we can say yes to what we need to say yes to. And then our lives are fully alive. And, and that's the journey. That's the apprenticeship of self-mastery. Like the catechism talks about, like that's, that's our daily journey, but that is it is good that we are here and it is good that we receive good things and the Lord delights us to have those. Amen. Yeah. I once heard it said that if you can't say no, your yes means nothing. And it's kind of that idea, you know, mm -hmm, if we can't, mm -hmm. 
And it goes really both ways. You know, yeah. if we can't feast properly, then fasting is screwed up. And if we can't yep. fast properly, feasting is screwed up. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we need both of yeah. those. We do. Yeah, we do. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good yeah. for us. Yeah. It's all good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All is gift. All is yes. gift. Yes. Yes, it is. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Sister Miriam. John, did you have anything you want to add before we close off here? just wanted to thank you, Sister Miriam, for again, taking the time and uh, again, what you've shared with us and taught us today. It's incredible to have you with us thank and you. be able to share the goodness, not only of, of who you are in, and also the book, you know, Restore. So very excited to be able to share the goodness of that. And again, for all of our viewers, don't forget to visit diocesan.com forward slash restore to learn more about the Restore book. For those who are using evangelists, you can use our resources available via the evangelist site. And, and then finally, what I like to do is remind everyone that with, of course, our partner, AveMariaPress.com, you can visit and purchase Sister Marian's book. Don't forget to use the code RESTORE when you go there. I'll post the link on our chat room for those of you in Zoom. Feel free to uh, visit the site and just make sure you uh, type in RESTORE for the code that Ave Maria Press is offering. I hope everyone has enjoyed our episode with Sister Marian Highland. Again, uh, you can find her information at AveMariaPress.com. A big shout out to the Ave Maria Press team for helping us introduce Restore in today's episode. Uh, And thank you, Stephanie. You know who you are. Thank you, the viewers, listeners, uh, for staying with us all through this session. We appreciate you so, so much. We hope that you take some valuable information from this episode and apply it in your lives and hopefully share the goodness of Sister Marian's book, Restore with others that may be in need of this journey through Lent. Sister Marian, thank you so much. Stay with us throughout this session. Hopefully we got you out in time for your next Thank you. Session. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. It's so wonderful to spend time with you. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> sure everyone checks out Abiding Together podcast because it is excellent. So and we'll be, we'll be doing the book also for the six weeks of Lent. So if you want to get the book and be with us for six weeks, you're most welcome to join us. Oh, that's so, wonderful. Yeah. That's perfect. Wonderful. Great. Great to know. I hope you will continue to join us in future episodes. Please visit diocesan.com forward slash podcast for today's recording and any future episodes. Uh, There's a lot in store this year, so stay tuned for some exciting episodes. Finally, thanks for joining us on the Catholic Life Everyday podcast uh, produced by Diocesan. For more information and episodes, visit diocesan.com forward slash podcast. And finally, find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash diocesan publications. On behalf of the diocesan family, God bless.